Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. But I think it's really important as we stand um, that we understand that this, this, this part of the service <laughs> is not an opportunity to, to sit down, sit back and sit out. Actually, this, as we open God's word together, there's an active participation that we have to take. There is, there is an opening of our hearts that we have to do before the Lord. And, and, and I will say this, if you are from a Western culture, if you're from uh, Britain or America, is you, we don't get this because we want all of the facts and we want to understand what's going on before we then throw ourselves into something. The rest of the world doesn't do it like that. Very often experience then determines their reality. And so in this moment, I want us just to come with our hearts before the Lord and just say, God, as we open your word together, Lord, would you speak to us? Why don't you pray? Just, just, just quietly in your heart, just before the Lord, just say, Lord, I'm open this morning. I want to come before you with humility. I want to sit under your word. I want to sit under the authority of your word. Lord Jesus, we want to come, Lord, before you with, with, with reverence this morning. Lord, we want to honor you as the one that is exalted above all others. Lord, we want to come to you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, we want to come, Lord, with hearts open to what you would do in us this morning. Lord, we want to come before you, expectant, Lord, that you uh, want to come and deal tenderly with those areas of our hearts that are a bit sensitive. Those areas of our hearts that perhaps we've we, 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 we've reluctantly opened up to you. Lord, are those areas of our hearts where perhaps we've tried to take something back, Lord, from, 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 from you. Lord, we want you to come, Lord, and be the center of everything. And so, Lord, we just pray, would you give us ears to hear what you're saying? Not what I'm saying, Lord, what you're saying through your word. And, Lord, give us hearts full of faith, Lord, to believe you. And to step into all that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please feel free to take your seats. Thanks, guys. Um, my name is Rich, um, if you didn't catch it. Um, and as Steph mentioned at the start, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, when the traditional church calendar churches gather um, to mark the occasion uh, that, that's accounted in um, Acts chapter 2, um, where the, the Spirit is poured out on the church, um, where the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, comes, and, and the church gathers together and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit, he comes and he uh, dwells inside of them, we'll look at that, and, and he equips and empowers them to live lives that glorify God. And so churches all over this country, all over the world, are gathering to celebrate 
Pentecost. And today we're going to be looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're starting a new series where we're going to be looking um, at the Holy Spirit over the next couple of months. There's a couple of one-off sermons in the middle there. But over the next couple of months, we're going to be working through a series um, on the Holy Spirit. And today, um, we're going to be looking at baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, And baptism, um, if you were at the baptisms last week um, at the church in Bassett Street, we had the privilege of baptizing four people. Um, Baptism, the word, literally just means to immerse. And so what we did last week was was, um, people went down into the water, um, they were submerged, they were immersed in the water, um, and then they were um, brought back up out of the water. Um, And and, and baptism um, is a wonderful... um, wonderful visual demonstration of, of a heart action, of something that's happened um, internally um, to people's heart. But that word baptism just means immersion. So when we talk about baptism in the Spirit, we're talking about being immersed in the Spirit of God, being immersed in the Holy Spirit. Um, and when, when, when we come to faith, when, when Perhaps you're not a believer here, but, but, you're, and, but you're on that journey. You're seeking. The reason you're here is because you're, you're inquisitive about what, 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 who is Jesus? What does this mean? Um, and, and there's essentially three elements to, to, to uh, Christian conversion, to becoming a Christian, to becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus. One is to repent. One is to turn away from doing things in your own strength. As we heard about um, throughout the whole of the um, praise time and doing to communion, it's that turning away. It's saying, Lord, I'm no, I no longer want to be the center of my own life. I want you to be the center of my own life. It's repentance. It's turning away from trying to do things in your own strength. Second of all, um, baptism in water constitutes part of our salvation journey. It's a part of, uh, of that demonstration um, of the Spirit's work Within us, and last week we witnessed that we witnessed a death to the old self, and we witnessed um, a new life in Christ. And 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 that act of water baptism it represents, um, it demonstrates, and it affects that new life in Christ. And then thirdly, is baptism in the Spirit. This is this is if you want to try and define uh, what we mean by baptism in the Spirit. Um, it means the experiential nature of the Holy Spirit's presence in every believer. That everyone who has put their trust in Jesus can, 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 can come into this relationship whereby God comes and dwells within us by his Spirit. And, and, and through his Holy Spirit equips us and empowers us to be effective for his kingdom, for his glory, to be witnesses, to be examples, to be shining lights in our workplaces. But there is a slight danger that I think we can often fall into, um, particularly if you are um, kind of from, 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 from our uh, kind of church, if you like what we might call charismatic church or a Pentecostal church. We, we, we can fall into a little bit, um, there's a little bit of danger um, and as, as I mentioned, just as we were praying, we live in a very um, analytical society. It's a very pragmatic approach to life. Where we weigh up the pros and cons and we choose what the net positive or net negative is. That, that, that tends to be the way we make decisions. And um, John Piper is really helpful on this. He says, um, 
talking about, um, talking about faith, um, he says, we, we believe doctrines or truths, we do the behaviors, and we infer that we belong to God and that something supernatural has happened. But the reality is nobody experiences anything. I'll read that again. We believe the doctrines or the truths and we do um, behaviours and we infer that we belong to God and that something supernatural is happening, but nobody experiences anything. And now this poses a slight problem for us because if baptism in the Spirit is the experiential nature of the Holy Spirit's presence within us and yet our cultural framework says, well, you don't need the experience What you need is you need to know these doctrines. You need to do a certain thing. You need to act a certain way, and that's enough. Now, at this point, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't hold to certain truths and doctrines. Um, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We absolutely should. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't adhere to a a biblical pattern of life, that we shouldn't adhere to the authority of Scripture and and then order our lives and conduct ourselves in a way um, that honors the Word of God and reflects God's heart. But to do those things isn't the opposite of, of, of an experiential reality of the presence of God in our lives. In fact, an experiential reality of the Holy Spirit's presence within our lives actually equips us and empowers us to hold these doctrines. It actually empowers us and equips us to conduct ourselves in a way that honors the Lord. To stand up for truth. To tackle injustice. To hold on to these things as dear. And today I want us to see that actually it's profoundly biblical to actually desire a greater experience of the presence of God in our lives. And we ought to, within that, seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit, as it's often described. And not for any sense of experiential revelation or now this is, this is the moment, but from a place of actually understanding that through baptism in the Holy Spirit, God equips and empowers us to live, to build relationships, to build trust, to build with one another, to reach our friends, to be witnesses, to be that salt and light in the workplace. And so we're going to jump in um, at Acts chapter 1, verse 4 today. So let's read it together. And while staying with them, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Um, he's, he, he's died on the cross and he's risen again. And uh, in that period between his resurrection at Easter and today, Pentecost, this is happening. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The book of Acts was written by um, a man called Luke. Um, and th- th- this first chapter uh, is basically Jesus' kind of final face-to-face with his disciples. So he's died on the cross. He's not yet gone into heaven. And in this period, um, this is his kind of final encounter. And actually in the subsequent verses, we see that Jesus is then taken into heaven um, in the next few verses. Um, But um, it's interesting at this point that Jesus quotes something from John the Baptist. John the Baptist, right the way back in um, Luke chapter 3, verse 16, um, had been baptizing people um, in the River Jordan. And lots of people had come to him and said, Oh, you seem to be a pretty, um, well, I mean, he was a pretty wild guy. Um, But they were kind of like, You seem to be a very magnetic guy. You seem to be carrying a lot of authority. You seem to be carrying a lot of weight. You're teaching with a lot of authority. Um, Are you you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the Christ? Um, Is what they say to him. And John replies, and he says, um, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus picks up on this this, this idea that that, that we, we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And John gives this promise to the disciples um, of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, in Acts 1, is reiterating that same truth and that it will happen not many days from now. And so we see this moment building and building and building. So then, if baptism in the Spirit is the experiential nature of the Holy Spirit's presence in every believer... Um, then, then, then what we see is actually we see um, Jesus is about to pour out his spirit. And we're going to see that as we open up um, a couple of verses. If you turn with me um, to uh, John, uh, turn with me to John, um, where is it? John 14, I apologize. John 14, verses 16. Um, to 18. He says, this is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What an incredible truth. Jesus says in verse 17, you know him and he dwells with you and will be in you. So in the middle of Jesus' ministry, talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit to his disciples, to his followers, 
He says, he dwells with you and will be with you. Jesus is talking in the third person. (laughs) He's talking about himself. If it wasn't explicit enough, the next verse, he then goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so you have this promise from John about being baptized in the Spirit. And then you have Jesus reiterating the same promise. But Jesus is essentially saying, I'm going to come to you. I am going to come and dwell within you. He says, you, the, one, the one that is with you, the one that you know, the one that you can see, that to, talk to, I'm going to come. And I'm going to come and be with you um, and reside in you. I won't leave you as orphans. And it's interesting then, isn't it, when we then look um, back at Acts chapter 1. As we carry on then at the beginning um, of Acts chapter 1, we pick up in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or season the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Verse 8, you will receive power. The, the, The promise of the Holy Spirit's presence amongst us is his power given to us, is his power to be witnesses, is his power to, if you like, hold testimonies of what God has done. That's essentially what witness means. To be a witness is to bring evidence or to bring testimony of something. And that's what Jesus is saying. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so this message that started with the Middle Eastern carpenter Jesus is saying, I I never left my home, which was quite a small region, really. This message is going to go to the ends of the earth. And he's saying to his disciples, I'm going to equip you with power to carry that message to the ends of the earth. I'm going to baptize you with the spirit that you can accomplish this. Now, it's important that we understand a little bit about the disciples. Um, Because the disciples were by no means a perfect bunch. Um, That's part of the reason we can relate to them, right, when we read scripture. Um, And and, and one of Jesus' disciples was a man named Peter. And now Peter, um, back in um, uh, uh, John 22, I think, uh, John... 19, oh, I had the verse, doesn't matter. Um, but um, just as Jesus is on his way to trial, Peter um, is basically asked several times, three times, um, whether he knows Jesus. People identify him and they say, you, hold on a minute, you were, you were with Jesus. He's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. And three times he denies that he knows Jesus. And this same Peter, if we read on, In the book of Acts chapter 2, he stands before, as Steph mentioned at the start, 
a whole multitude of people and he preaches the gospel and 3,000 get saved. That's a long baptism service, right? Peter, who went from denying Jesus to a servant girl, has gone to standing before 3,000 people, at least 3,000 people, proclaiming the gospel. Something's happened in a matter of weeks to take him from there to there. Something has happened in his heart to get him from, 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 from denial that he even knew Jesus to all of a sudden standing before a multitude of people preaching the gospel. And if you read his sermon through Acts chapter 2, we haven't got time to read all of it today. But I tell you what, he is not shy in what he's saying. He even, he even accuses them. He says, this Jesus who you crucified. And yet he wouldn't even stand and admit that before a servant girl weeks earlier. Something has happened to Peter. Something happened to all of the other disciples. At the beginning of Acts chapter 2, this is what happened. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what happened. They were together and they were baptized in the Spirit. They were baptized in the Spirit and it literally turned everything on its head. It all of a sudden, um, as we read, they found gifts that they didn't know they had. They began to speak in tongues. They began to speak in other languages. We read on that people came from all over, Jews from all over came to Jerusalem for the feast. And, 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 and they all heard the disciples in, in their own native tongue. And were like, what, like what, what is this? What, who, these guys are just fishermen from Galilee. What's going on? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was an experiential reality in their hearts. Something had shifted. Something had changed. And it was the power of God coming to dwell and reside in them. Let me read to you another, another room that they were in. In John chapter 20, in verse 19, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So this is after Jesus' resurrection. So he's died on the cross, he's been resurrected. That same period of time between Easter and Pentecost, between his resurrection from the, from the dead and his ascension, when he, when he went into heaven and poured out his spirit. The same period of time. And they're locked in a room for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
And he had said this, uh, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Fast forward to Acts chapter 2. From heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I wonder if in that moment, they remembered Jesus breathing on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if they stood there in the room and you don't know what they were doing. Um, but they're stood there in the room and they hear this mighty rushing wind. And there's that moment, he's back. Jesus is here. Jesus, Jesus is here. We, we, in John, he, he walked, he walked th- into a locked room, right? It's pretty supernatural. And then in Acts chapter 2, this mighty rushing wind, Jesus is here. Jesus is in this very room with us. And then everything that Jesus would have been teaching them about the Holy Spirit, about baptism in the Holy Spirit, about opening themselves up, about receiving him, about him coming to dwell in them just as he is in the Father and the Father is in him. It's happening. This is the reality of what's going on. And I wonder if there was that moment of revelation the baptism of the Spirit, the authenticity of that experience that just they were overcome. And then we see the Holy Spirit divided as tongues of fire and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here at, at, at Revelation Church, we wouldn't necessarily say that, that, that the, ev- the, the only evidence of, of, of baptism in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. Now, there, there, there are movements, churches that would go that far. That wouldn't be where we're at. Um, I think in this case it's significant because, because they begin to speak in other languages and then those around them begin to hear. Those that are gathered in Jerusalem that speak other languages start to hear them speaking in their own language. Remember what Jesus, what Jesus said in um, Acts chapter 1. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And in Acts chapter 2, they're witnessing. They're witnessing in people's own language. You get get the significance of this, right? Like, this is profound. Uneducated fishermen from Galilee, not not all uneducated, but a bunch of ragtag bunch, basically, from Galilee, right? Beginning to speak in other languages they've never learnt, proclaiming the gospel. Peter stands up and begins to explain what's going on. And we see 3,000 added that day. This, 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 is, this is the power of God at work. And now in these first two chapters um, in the book of Acts, it does constitute something of an initiation for the church. 
with the baptism of the Spirit. And so it leaves us asking a question. Well, is baptism in the Spirit for an isolated, singular moment, or is there more to it? Is there, is there something beyond just that initial uh, revelation, that initial experience, that initial um, moment um, in God? And the reality is, absolutely. Because you see, if the disciples are going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it's, it, it shouldn't be just a one-time thing. Right? It's not like the day of Pentecost, they went, great, all done, let's go home. No, actually, the rest of the book of Acts is about them stepping out again and again and again in boldness to witness about Jesus Christ, about salvation, Jesus, about the good news that Jesus came to bring. And so, uh, a lot. What we interestingly, when you look at the book of Acts, at the beginning, we see it talked about as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Throughout the book of Acts, there's there, there's other language that is started to be used. They start to use um, words that mean more filling, or outpouring, um, or equipping. Um, and and the, these, these words kind of shift slightly from an initial immersion, baptism in the Spirit, to an ongoing presence, an ongoing filling, an ongoing experience with the presence of God. Being, being worked out, being evidenced in people's lives um, as they trust Him, um, as they believe Him. Um, we see it at time... And time again in Acts 4, um, we see that Peter and John are filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak with boldness. Um, we see at the end of Acts 4, um, again, uh, they, they, they filled with boldness, got in trouble, went to pray with the believers. At the end of prayer, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, continue to speak the word with boldness. Um, right? We see um, Stephen um, in, uh, uh, later on in the book of Acts. He's a man full of the Holy Spirit. Um, at the end of, at the end of um, his life, when he's essentially martyred for his faith, um, it says that he he's speaks, speaks, um, speaks boldly full of the, with wisdom um, and full of the Spirit. Um, and this idea of being filled with the Spirit just keeps coming through the book of Acts. And so there is um, some work for us to do, I think, um, in terms of understanding... Um, and, and, and the, the language, um, the language can, can become unhelpful because what we tend to want to do with language is we want to then define that. When actually often what the Bible does is it uses some of these words, some of these ideas interchangeably. Um, and and, and what, we must, what we must remember is, is actually, it, it, for the sake of trying to get clarity on an understanding or a some, something, we mustn't move away from the experiential reality of the Holy Spirit's power at work in our lives. Do you remember at the start, that quote I read from John Piper? We have this set of doctrines, and we do these certain behaviors, and therefore something supernatural has happened, so we're believers. No, 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 no. Let's backtrack a sec. We, we, we stand before God, and we say, God, would you come and fill us? It's not that, it's not that those doctrines and those um, behaviors don't matter. 
but it's about understanding that God has an experiential reality for believers as they are baptized in the Holy Spirit and equipped to live for him and equipped to witness and equipped um, and equipped to testi- give, bring testimony about what he has done and who he is. And so what I'd love us to do is I'd love us just to spend a bit of time just before the Lord um, and just, just, just inviting him to come, um, inviting him um, to come and fill us with his, with, with his Holy Spirit. Um, now, there will be numbers among us that perhaps, um, perhaps, um, perhaps you would say that once, once upon a time you had experienced the, the presence and the power of God in your life. But perhaps there are certain things that you're facing now, certain circumstances that you've come up against that you're saying, God, I need, I ne- I need you. I can't do this on my own. This, 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 this thing isn't going to shift. Maybe um, there is something um, in your heart um, that you've given way to. Maybe there is, there is a sin that's got hold of your heart. Something that has something that has that has taken that place that God should have taken, and this is and we're going to pray in a minute, and it's an opportunity just for us to open up our heart before the Lord and say, God, would you come? Would you fill us with your Spirit again, Lord? Would you baptize us with your Spirit, Lord, that we would know, Lord, the reality of of, of your work in and through us. Would we know the work of your grace leading us forward with faith? So why don't we stand to our feet? And if you're, if you're not a believer here, if you wouldn't say that you've put your trust in Jesus, um, that 100% absolutely f- must be the first step. There is no... There, 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 as I mentioned at the start, the first step in, in coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior is repentance, is turning away from certain things, is, is saying, God, I'm no longer going to put myself as pride of place. I want you to be the center of everything. Um, and, and that may be you. And you can do that in this moment. You can just come with a heart of repentance, say, Jesus, I'm going to put my trust in what you accomplished for me on the cross. We've heard about it throughout this morning. Jesus' death on the cross for our sin. And you may want to do that in this moment. But for others of us, if you know that you need, um, if you know that you need, I, that I feel like there's two particular areas. One, um, if you, you know that there is an area in your life where you just need breakthrough and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's something that, um, it's something that you, you don't have the grace or the energy to do, 
And, and it's an opportunity to come with humility before God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm leaving this with you. I'm leaving this with you. This is, this is, this is, you need to help me here. You need to fill me with your spirit to give me grace, to give me faith, to give me strength. Or you need to supernaturally move something out the way. You need to supernaturally intervene and act. Maybe that's you. The second group of people are those that I just feel like God's just been um, prodding your heart um, about sin. Um, and, 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 and in this moment, God just wants you to come and bring that before him. And just repent in your heart. Um, bring confession before him. Turn back to him. And trust that as you do that, that he will baptize you with the Spirit. And that will equip you to live for him. That will equip you to, 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 to believe him and to not give way to certain things, to certain temptations in your life. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray a quick prayer. And then just across the room, um, I just want people that are, feel particularly um, about one of those two things, just to begin to just lift up your voice, speak out, um, and bring that before the Lord. Lord Jesus, I just pray. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you would come right now by your grace. Lord, that you would um, equip us with your power to be your witnesses. Lord Jesus, that, that, that not that we chase after an experience. Lord, we don't just want fuzzy feelings. Lord Jesus, we want the experiential reality of your Holy Spirit transforming us day by day, taking us from one degree of glory to another. Jesus, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us afresh? Would you equip us and empower us to face all that we have to face, to face those difficult circumstances? Lord Jesus, would you give us faith to be able to turn in our hearts back to you? Open ourselves up to you afresh. Repent of those areas where we need repentance. That Jesus, you might come and invade every part of our lives. Every area of our heart. In Jesus' name.